Hey, Sarah. Yes, Josh? Are you ready? I think so. Great. But before we start, we here at the Puppa Pod, along with Dixon Place, stand with love in solidarity with Black, Indigenous, and persons of color in our communities and across the country against racism, white supremacy, and police brutality. And for more information and specifics on our respective anti-racism statements and plans of action, please visit DixonPlace.org and ShakeOnTheLake.org to find out how we're listening, learning, and working within our communities. Black, Black Lives, Lives Matter. Matter. Hi, my name is Dorothy James. Hi, my name is Andy. I think puppetry is excellent for shy actors. I think puppetry is, what the? <laughs> puppetry is hard because puppetry is about being invisible. Right, I mean, I feel like puppetry is hard because the craft is not apparent when it's done well. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Puppet Pod. I am your puppeteer pretending to be a podcaster, Josh Rice, and uh, along with me in this journey of audio adventures in a primarily visual medium is my co-host and co-producer, Sarah Stabley. Sarah, how are you? I'm doing great. It's Friday. So, I mean, time's amorphous, but you know, there's a good feeling associated with a Friday. So yeah, I'm doing all right. It's Friday. It's Friday. I've got to get down on Friday. Wow. You know? That was beautiful. Touching. Well, yeah, it's words that I think we could all live by. Um, fun day Friday, as I like to call it. Fish fry Friday, as a lot of people um, who might be, um, you know, observing certain spiritual practices might say. They don't like to eat the meats on the Fridays, but the fish sometimes are okay. Yes, they are. <laughs> For anyone who didn't know, I'm just explaining, you know, how things tend to work where I grew up and where I'm from. But uh, we're not here to talk about fish today, Sarah, or days of the week. We are here. Thank God. We are here to talk all things puppetry, and I'm super excited to have our guest today. Two incredible puppeteers in their own right, but when their powers are combined, they activate something even more powerful. I'm so very excited to uh, be with and talk to today Dorothy James and Andy Manjuk. Hey, friends, how are you? Hey. Oh, that, hi. That was so nice what you just said. Yeah, that was oh. really good banter. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, we're working on the banter part, you know, as, as puppeteers, we don't talk much. So it's, oh, uh, yes. it's truly one of my favorite parts. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. So you're saying that we should keep like the fish fry bit? Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. And also um, okay. puppetry is, we can definitely tackle some fish puppetry and some Friday puppetry. So I'm down. it's all, it's I'm all down. there. Yep. Don't forget the fish and the Friday. Anything there. can be a puppet. That's right. <laughs> Open up with that. She's pretending to throw up. <laughs> I think that's an important visual. But I also believe it. <laughs> that everyone needs to understand. It is one of those things. It's like a, a gag truth. Mm. The gag truth that anything can be a puppet. Yeah. Right. Start with For, that. We'll, we'll start with that and then we'll come back. We'll circle back. Um, so how are you all holding up? I know this is an intense time in the world for varying reasons, but uh, just uh, how are you guys? How are you doing? Long pause. <laughs> yeah i i mean i base level fine yeah i i feel like i'm in a uh a very fortunate position where the f where like the feeling that i feel most of the time is just kind of like i'm bored you know not to say that there's not interesting things you know going on in in the world at the moment but but yeah i i think i'm fine yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of relatability. So uh, like with everyone else being like, you know, we all lost uh, yeah. a significant amount of work and we all are sort of holed up and doing the best we can to be responsible yeah. during like the time of the pandemic and also trying to be active mm -hmm. during this time, yes. you know, of, of like absolute hoping and trying to restructure like the way that we yeah. operate in this world uh yeah. and in this country mm -hmm. so like 
the most difficult thing for us, I think, or at least for me, in my perspective, is like the valve of like, like the pressure valve of like being stuck and and like trying to express ourselves artistically and then like feeling unmotivated to do so or mm -hmm. or like that I should be doing other things instead and that that is a big one uh and I feel like especially with the the type of work that we do together is oftentimes very silly and uh, it's it's feeling hard to justify putting your energy and your time into being silly when it it could be more valuable you know not being silly and and being <laughs> and trying to be active and and yeah. um yeah that being said we do schedule time for us to be silly yeah and that is that has been good scheduling silly time mm -hmm. like to create something stupid has been very effective for like us i think to cope yes. with with sort of the i don't know the 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 now i guess yeah yeah a friend of mine uh i was talking to yesterday said this really lovely moment of like self-reflection self-study is the highest form of creativity is what she said and you know just kind of sitting back and taking some time to think about you know are am i harming here or am i helping here and mm -hmm. where those moments may have come and then how to move forward in, in a way where you're hopefully helping more than you're yeah. harming and i, I think I, I resonate a little bit with this feeling of like I, I want to be doing more with this time and now there's more time to actually reflect a little bit which has been really good and mm -hmm. i also resonate with this feeling of like oh well what we do to be silly you know where does that weigh in the scale of what's going on but you know to your point andy too i think it's important to find those moments of lightness and, and celebration in the work that we do as artists because i think those are also needed in, in, in both sides of it right and yeah it's a wild wild time in so many ways but also mm -hmm. As artists, I think we're so empathic that we really feel it too. Yes. One thing to note is that for myself, it's crazy. I I read pretty often. I like reading as as a way to like disconnect and like or connect, but like away from my you know job or anything else. Like I just want to spend some time and read. Haven't been able to read anything mm. except except like. <laughs> like news articles and that mm -hmm. and like and that, but that's it i mean like but there's so many books you know and there's been so much time and so mm -hmm. you're just staring at like this this space in front of you and being like this is how i would normally engage with the time that i'm given that's like allocated as like well you don't know what you're going to do with this time so you'll read or you'll work out or you'll do something that's maybe a little bit more relaxing and that inability to actually relax that inability to like engage with the things that used to give you a, a semblance of comfort mm -hmm. is pretty interesting and yeah and I feel like kind of having just like an open schedule you know and and like you said all these activities or all these things that we could be doing they could happen at any point during that day and maybe you'll say well mm. i'll read at 10 and then 10 a.m comes and you're like i mean i don't have to read now like i, I could read <laughs> in an hour like i i feel like there's because there are so many options and also like especially looking at you know what's happening now and saying like how can i be active like oh okay i'm gonna like look up the the emails to all of my representatives yeah. and and, and I'm gonna email them and then like, well, what do I say? And then yeah, like, because there's so much time to actually sit down and focus on one thing at a time becomes shockingly difficult, Yeah, I think. Uh, a way to fold this into puppetry maybe a little bit. Oh. I, I was just thinking is like theater, like sort of just kind of hard stopping mm -hmm. and, and all of like, I find that a lot of the puppetry that I was engaging with for like the past several years was very scheduled. Mm. Um, was like it, like I knew that we would be like 
performing or devising to a deadline. Like there was a thing on the horizon that was telling us like, well, we have to have a show by September or whatever, mm -hmm. you know? And so there was a, a like, you know, a map. Right. And then like that map being erased is sort of like, I don't know. It's, it, yeah, it's, we had to kind of create a new map for mm -hmm. ourselves in order to make any sort of art whatsoever, I think. Mm -hmm. Which is, it's, it's empowering in a way. I mean, like being able to sort of, I mean, I don't know that we've been entirely reliant on like other producing bodies or like, or um, other puppet groups, umbrellas to like drive our art, but like mm -hmm. maybe, maybe a little bit. And I, this is sort of like the first time of like, I don't know, kind of. Yeah, I mean, I, I know I personally work better when I have a deadline. Yeah. And so to have, <laughs> to have there be this idea of like, well, there is a deadline. Where, like, where is it? It's not there. There will be one eventually, but <laughs> very. Ethereal. But right now, it's just kind of floating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somewhere in the future, and so yeah, I feel like for me, it's kind of come in in bursts of like, well, there is a deadline, so like, let's try something, let's like do something or make something, and those are like such general terms. But but yeah, it's otherwise, I'm just kind of like, well, I don't have to do it now. It's interesting. I could do it later. <laughs> it's interesting that the, this all seems to come off of the back of just asking us how we are doing. <laughs> also, it's just like, hey, how are you? No. Well, <laughs> like, uh, I don't know, a lot. It's a lot. Puppetry is hard because uh, <laughs> time. Because is, time. Because time. And stuff. And stuff. Yeah. Well, and being like an artist, you're always like, you're always trying to sell yourself. You're always trying to convince people why your work is worthy of like attention and money and funding. And all of a sudden, like, we're told, no, stop, relax. Like, you're like, but I don't exist in that world. You know, it's so hard, especially, yeah, in just a gig economy, just being told to, all right, this is your time to create. Now, why aren't you creating? Like, you know, it's, it's, it's this really weird pressure. So yeah, we're feeling it too. <laughs> yeah. All right. Good. Yeah, I assume yeah. that everybody that I usually talk oh, yeah. about this kind of stuff is feeling similarly. It's it's yeah. bananas. Yeah, yeah mm -hmm. I haven't really yeah, talked to anybody that's like, I'm thriving in this environment. Your plants are thriving in this environment. They look so good. <laughs> They're so strong. They're so happy. Yeah. Uh, I've also taken to uh, some planting and it's been really nice. Yeah. New, uh, new hobby, uh, which, you know, I think we've all kind of had the ability to kind of find some new yes. new things with this time and that's you know one one benefit i think for for some folks but you guys were supposed to be here right now. um in perry right now for the new york state puppet festival 2020 which of course has been postponed because of the pandemic but you guys were going to come with a show that you had been working on and developing for yeah. uh, some time now called bill's 44th and i wondered if maybe you guys could talk a little bit about that show um, I think Bill's 44th <laughs> draws a lot of inspiration from David Lynch's work. Wow. Yeah? I don't know. <laughs> okay. No, I'm into it. His work is phenomenal and interesting. And like, I think it's just like it. I think it's the same. It's, I think it's better. So it's, it's way better. Yeah. We thought about it way harder. <laughs> Take that, Twin Peaks. Yeah. Oof. <laughs> Bill's 44th came about, oh, this is interesting. Mm -hmm. Bill's 44th came about because we were invited to do a puppet slam for, I think it's Puppet Homecomings, which is like a, a slam um, event uh, for a festival several years ago. Yeah. And the theme, what the heck was the theme? The theme was they're coming. Like they are coming. It felt very like, uh, like Gandalf in Lord of the Rings, you know? Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, and and so I was like, oh, like it's totally a Godot or Godot uh, yeah. moment where it's like, you know, they're just, no one's coming, but we don't know because the whole premise is that they're coming and they don't. Mm -hmm. So that was where the birthday party idea started for Bill. Oh, it's Bill's 44th birthday, birthday party. 
I yes. wanted to call it the birthday party, but a- I said that already exists and it's not the same thing. <laughs> it's not the same thing. It's not the same thing. But I thought it was a good name. It's a great name. <laughs> it's a great- already taken. <laughs> it's like very to the point about what the show was. <laughs> anyway. So- so uh, I like that. <laughs> came, I like that it came from this theme, which is really fun because, uh, again, the point that you were kind of seeing in this theme was like, "What the? They're coming, but no one's coming," and that's kind of what happens with the birthday party. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So Bill's forty-fourth is about Bill's forty-fourth birthday party that no one shows up to. It's a comedy. Sort of. Sort of. <laughs> it's like. Yeah, and then and then. It's it's mostly about this one character mm-hmm. and he's like setting up his party and he's getting drunk at his party with no one showing up. He's mm-hmm. waiting for people to arrive. And then he starts to like imagine the party as like these inanimate objects, mm-hmm. like the crudite and the cake and whatever coming to life yeah. and sort of like enacting this groovy ass party that the they were going to have. Party. The best party. Yeah only to have that potentially interrupted in the end with mm-hmm. like, you know, a reckoning of sorts. Uh, I, I like that. That's a great description of the ending. <laughs> um, I, I'm curious too, if you guys could talk a little bit about the design of the puppet, because it's one that I don't think, I mean, it's a, a hybrid, I think of some form certainly, but it's also like, the scale of it is very large and it requires both of you really kind of living in the puppet almost or you you become part of the 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 puppet with your own limbs i was wondering if you could describe a little bit about um the design uh, of bill yeah um i mean bill as as we kind of refer to him as like a torso puppet or like he he is like a floating torso he's he's pretty much life-sized um, and he alone is, is you know, his head and his torso and then his sweater. And Andy and I come in and we each put our arm into his sleeve. So he has live hands. So we're both of his arms. Andy is on his head. And then our feet or our legs can kind of choose to be faded in the background as just puppeteer legs, or they can kind of come to the foreground and be Bill's legs. Um, and Andy, it was Andy's idea to create this style of puppet based on another well, was, puppet you saw. Yeah, I was yeah. like totally 100% yeah. inspired by this Norwegian puppet show called Hunger, which was a, a collaboration, I think, between between Pickled Image and uh, uh, Figure Theater in Nordland or Finn. Maybe, I don't, yeah. I think that was the collaboration. Anyway, it's a beautiful show about like an artist who is a writer and he's starving himself. It's like based on an old Norwegian book that's from like the 1800s or something about a a Norwegian writer who will not eat until he's completed his masterpiece. So he's dying. And the puppetry was like a dance. It was this beautiful dance of like these two guys with a very similar styled puppet. And I was used to at this point doing a lot of like hand and rod like style puppetry and sort of like being intentionally masked or hidden. And I was really interested in the idea of being so present, being so there and so internally connected and yet like completely visible and trying to maintain that sort of invisibility at the same time or choosing visibility. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I was 100% inspired by that and I always wanted to do it. And I really looked at prompt from that slam as an excuse to do it which was years later, uh, but I'm glad that we did it because yeah. it's, it's super, super exciting. Um, it's fun. Yeah. You know, like, I, I mean, I, one of my favorite parts about being a puppeteer is working with other puppeteers. Um, and what I love the most about Bill, being part of Bill, is that I can't usually see anything of what you're, of what Andy's doing. Um, That's true. So to kind of be that, that other arm and to like maintain, you know, where the bottom of his, uh, like where his waist is and to not break that picture, to not, to not move the wrong way so that the audience is like, oh, that arm doesn't look, that doesn't look (laughs) right. Like, you know, um, that's really exciting for me to like kind of be in support of, 
that character's entire image and and his story because his physicality yeah. bill is a silent puppet he doesn't speak so his fat his physicality is yeah. everything he's very much like half inspired by the that norwegian puppet show hunger and then unintentionally half inspired i think by like mr bean mm-hmm. <laughs> like like i didn't i when i set out and we we, we set out and like started like inhabiting the puppet and his personality started coming yeah. out it it's a little bit more of an optimistic mr b yeah i mean he's a clown like bill, yeah, he's bill totally is a clown just, bill is a clown so all of the silent clowns kind of mm-hmm. fit the mark a little bit bill. i think that's yeah. a great description yeah. of bill yeah yeah i love how <laughs> articulate he is i love how animated he is i love that thing that you just described dorothy this idea of you know and we can talk more about this uh after this break but there's so much feel that goes on in what you're doing and then trust that your partner is leading you in the right way so you can make sure that you're hitting all of your physical and choreographic marks. And Mm -hmm. that kind of feel is a really exciting moment as a puppeteer. So I want to talk more about that when we come back after a short break uh, with more Dorothy James and Andy Manjuk. Thank you. Let's face it, puppetry is hard. It's even harder during a pandemic. The form is predicated upon people being in very close proximity to one another to puppeteer something and having an audience to see it. But the field persists, adapts, and pivots. And the New York State Puppet Festival and Shake on the Lake are doing just that in presenting their brand new online puppetry series, NYSPF at Home. This series of brand new short puppetry works made for an online, on-screen audience features some of our favorite artists, many of whom have been and will be featured on the Puppet Pod, including Andy Manjuk and Dorothy James with Bill's 44th, a Zoom birthday, Just Another Lynching, an American horror story by the artist Jigetto, Out of Office by Emma Wiseman and Emily Zemba, and a brand new multimedia puppetry piece from Tom Lee. NYSPF at Home brings puppet artists from their respective quarantines to you in your home starting in October and running through January. For more information and virtual tickets, please visit www.NewYorkStatePuppetFestival.org. That's www.NewYorkStatePuppetFestival.org. Puppetry is hard, but watching it in your home is easy with NYSPF at Home. The Puppet Pod! All right, we're back with more of Dorothy James and Andy Manjuk. Before the break, we were talking about this idea of you know, when you're working on Bill, but I'm sure this is the case with other puppet things that you're you're working on either together or with other puppeteers, is this idea of like feel. And sometimes when you can't see, you're trusting that you can either put yourself or the object in the place that you've memorized or spatially kind of recognized where it's supposed to go, or you're led by your partner. So I just am curious if you guys can maybe talk a little bit about that that feeling that you were you were mentioning because i think it's uh it's something that people i don't think really think a whole lot about and as puppeteers like we're constantly thrusting things into spaces and trusting they were hitting marks or executing a choreography or creating an image in a certain way so i'm curious if you could maybe expand on that a little bit yeah it's a lot of trust (laughs) it's a lot of trust yeah i mean it really does come down to trust and if you're working with an ensemble of people, you know, it, it, if, if everyone is equally as trusting, then you know that like, yeah, mistakes might happen, but like, you're, you're good. Like, and, and there's like this like electricity, I feel like that when everyone is like on the same wavelength, that is so exciting. And it's not even just like that you have to trust, but it's that you want to trust, Mm. I think. And there's flexibility. I mean, (laughs) Yes. You're you're constantly, I mean, it, I guess it depends on the puppet and it depends on like if there's a built-in hierarchy or whatever, but like in the instance of Bill, I'm mostly leading the thought, mm-hmm. but I also can't see anything to the right of Bill's body. He's so big. He's a big, he's, he's a, a big, big boy. Big boy. And so I'm like, there are impulses that are coming from you mm-hmm. that I'm 
I have to choose to like forget what my brain is ticking, like trying to be the brain of Bill and just be like, oh yeah, right, 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 right. And like lean in to choices that are being made outside of my own brain, which is something, it's like this, it's something that is a requirement of puppetry that like in acting exercises, it's like, it is there too. I mean, it's like, it's like that reaction, right? Mm -hmm. It's all like listening well enough that you are available to the possibility that this could go in a direction that you mm -hmm. don't expect. Being like ready to receive. Mm -hmm. I love that idea. And I'm curious then to build on that as puppeteers and as makers of your own work, are you, because I think I feel this way sometimes, I like when I have the permission for discovery that's outside of the choreography. And I'm mm -hmm. curious for you too, because I think I see that in, in Bill, certain Bill's 44th, when you guys are working together, there's certainly moments where you can see things are being discovered for the very first time. And you're mm -hmm. bringing each other together as the puppet is discovering these things. So how much of that you enjoy, that freedom that you enjoy as puppeteers and makers? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think what I, I like most about theater is the ability to like you're not just reciting words on a page you're not just following out the choreography that you were given you are also breathing your own life into it and so I think having that space to be alive which is to react which is to have impulses and act on them even if they weren't something that was like previously discussed I think that is part of the beauty of it and like especially with Bill and with you know multi-person puppets I think there is something very freeing and having like having your blocking but also being open to whatever whatever piece of the puppet you're on to be ready to support any of those mm -hmm. ideas. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's exciting. And I think it's like, that's if that ability, if that flexibility to explore and discover was taken away, I, I think that the story and, and the puppetry would, would lose a lot of its magic. Right, and, and I know not all puppet artists feel this way that I think that we we share, right? Some people yeah. really like the choreography. Yeah. They know that it's hitting a mark that's telling a story that's creating a series of images and that's how we build and deviation mm -hmm. is not always encouraged. Right. But I, I mean, I, yeah. But we do I like say, that. I love hitting a mark. Sure, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Structure is important, so certainly. Yeah. yeah. Leave my brother alone. <laughs> <laughs> um, Shout out to uh, Andy's brother, Mark. Yep. Hi, Mark. Hey, Mark. How's it going? He's not gonna listen. We have, we have. Uh... <laughs> he might. Yeah. I don't know. I'm I have Mark. three more siblings to hit by the end of the episode. We'll get there. We'll get them all. Um, yeah, we'll get. Them. Um, I have none. <laughs> shout outs to none. <laughs> shout out to um, none of Dorothy's siblings. They don't exist. Uh, yeah. The the thing that you said about feel about about what was it? It was like. Anyway, hitting the choreographic mark of that thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe I don't know, but. <laughs> I really liked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, it was that thing. I, I wasn't listening. I, uh... You talking, and now I'm gonna. What I like to do is I like to hear you start to talk, and then immediately think about what I'm going to say. Um, no, uh, it was, yeah, just about about how I that, that there's like a beauty that can be like achieved by choreography and like hitting hitting mm -hmm. marks and like executing storytelling like really precisely and really minimally. And what is nice is that you can have that uh, and that's great. But what I really like about Bill is just piggybacking is like it, his, there's a tension that's created with the audience from the onset, which is like, A, this guy doesn't know what he's gonna do. And maybe that translates to how we're mm -hmm. acting as performers, who knows, but it's like, there's there is that like we are we are treading in the unknown which is which is which is nice it's like it's a it's like you can really sit back in a show that's like well 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 choreographed because you can trust that they're going to take you on an adventure that might have twists and turns it might like make you think or 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 make you like drop your jaw with its beauty or something but it's like you're trusting it to take you on this journey mm -hmm. Whereas like, you're trusting us with Bill's 44th, but like, you're kind of like unsure 
if that trust is well placed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, not to shoot ourselves in the foot, but like we're 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 allowing like because there's no script. I mean, there's a script, but the script is like in beats, and those beats are not defined. You know, those beats are like he's gonna go look at the cake, which is a feel have, thing like, again. Like you were saying, like it's yeah, feel. It's, yeah. yeah. And that's informed by how we're feeling, like how connected we are at the time. Like, and, and it's all about maintaining that connection, mm-hmm. right? Which is like a lot of, it's like, it's a mental, like a mental strain, you know? Like you're, you're, you're reaching out constantly, making sure that you're engaged, making sure that we're engaged yes. with each other, you know? And, and that's the work. I mean, and then, and then following through, right? Like allowing, allowing like that connection to be persistent and like signaling to each other that you're like, I'm interested in this object or I'm interested in like this location on the stage and then like going for it. That it's that constant leap, right? Like you're constantly leaping off the cliff and being like, you got to come with me though. And trusting that it might not work out. Mm -hmm. Like we've had instances where we try something uh, on stage and it feels a little like we come off stage and we're like, well (laughs) well no (laughs) no nope but uh we did it and it didn't work now it's done but it's (laughs) yeah but those aren't you know it's it's like the the willingness to explore i think that makes the successes feel like true successes Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i love that there's something you mentioned earlier dorothy about like the agreement between the audience and the the performer especially in puppetry and I wonder if that ties in a little bit to that idea that you were talking about, Andy, too, of like the amount of trust or maybe well-earned trust or lack thereof in that agreement, you know, when people come to see a puppet show. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I think if people are coming to see a puppet show at all, they're already like they've already joined that that uh, contract. They've already started to sign that contract of we know that what we are going to see on this stage is fake, right? It's fake because it's it's puppets. It's not, I mean, there are living, breathing people, but we're literally wiggling some dolls. <laughs> That's your father's words, right? I don't know. Yeah. Shout out to my father. Shout hey. out to Andy's dad, <laughs> the doll wiggler. I didn't, yes. I didn't know that we were going there. But, uh... <laughs> but like, you know, like they're, they're coming in, whether they like are fully conscious of it or not saying like I'm willing to use my imagination like I'm going to I'm here not just to watch something but to be involved with it in in a certain way Mm -hmm. I wonder then if this can translate a little bit to how you all have started to experiment and pivot in this new way because we are now primarily digital in um creating and receiving content without the ability to gather in a small contained space and, you know, Mm -hmm. work with other puppeteers. You all have started doing this really interesting late night puppet show on Twitch. And a lot of what you're doing is like, there are ideas and like structural points that you're working from, but there's a lot of room in there where you're feeling, you're improvising and you're, you're playing. And I wonder if you can talk a little bit about the genesis of, is it called man Jerk? Is that the the title of the show? It's a play. It's definitely a play off my last name. The, that, the channel happened before the idea. Of okay. Show. I was streaming myself playing video games. I'm gonna I'm gonna just say it. I He's was doing that. A cool boy. A cool boy. <laughs> Still am. And I am totally having a great time. And uh, and then you know every so often while I was doing it, a puppet would just show up, mm. right? And because we have so many, like in 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 our basement. I didn't know how many we had. Well, now we really know how many. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot. Never took the uh, inventory. But, you know, yeah, and one would just show up and then all on its own. And well, no, I would pick him up, but <laughs> but like there there was like there was a desire to do something with them just because yeah, that valve, like yeah. needing needing to have some sort of form of expression. And so and so I tried it. It was it was really like the first night I tried, I didn't tell anybody like that I know in the puppetry community or anything like that. I just did it uh, for mostly people that I've met on the internet 
through playing games. So it was like really safe in a way because Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, a lot of people when they've never seen puppets before and they see puppets for the first time, it's they're like, oh my God, (laughs) like you did this for me? Like, this is nuts. Puppets could be anything, right? Like that, that moment. So it was really safe, but I was doing it and then Dorothy was upstairs and she came downstairs. I was watching it from upstairs and I just couldn't help myself. She joined in. Yeah. And then and then <laughs> and then it was like, oh great. Like this is great. Like this is like this is exactly what we needed, mm-hmm. which is like a format for us to puppeteer, whether it's like executed well mm-hmm. or just like improvising like uh, dialogue or whatever, like it's a format for us to play. Yeah. And then there's also this engagement with the audience. Yeah. That is like, like we're responding directly to feedback that they're giving so that there's like this, it's not theater, you know, but, but they're like, there are ties. It's like, it's like a theater, like where people can shout it's at us. old timey theater. It's old timey theater. Way, way back. Tomatoes and all that that sort of yes. thing. Yeah, yeah. And sort yeah. of in the very in like in how we make Bill, like uh in how we've been going about making Bill's show is like it is a map. Like it's a it's a it's like sort of plotted out, like you were saying, but mm-hmm. but the getting there is through the exploration. And so like we have some things written down on like a, a whiteboard behind the camera, and it just like says a bunch of different ideas that could be things. But this is all very like I've heard our show, the late night show, described as like a cable access show Mm. in like a good way, like a cable access TV show, because it is like, it's a lo-fi experiment. And every time we try to bring like a little bit of like off the wall comedy, a little bit of user interaction, a little bit of something a little bit more serious, but then we undercut ourselves, like it's, it's fun. It's it's and and we've got to keep consistent, which mm-hmm. has been nice. Yeah. It's like a promise to ourselves that we're gonna keep doing it. Yeah, back to those deadlines, the weekly deadline. Right. Ooh. Yeah. And That's Bill great. shows up every week, which means we get to at least like yeah. explore him and his personality a little bit more every week, even yeah. though it's only like a minute at a time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, how can people watch this? Uh if we were to I'm gonna... do a little like a plug. Plug? Yeah. I think I'm gonna change the name. Like, <laughs> I think I think Man Jerk is a little. Uh, it's confusing. Um, a little. I might I might change the name a little bit to something that's a little bit more uh, mm. approachable. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's it's Twitch.tv slash Man Jerk right now, and it's every Saturday at. 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and uh, late night talk show. Wait, what is late it called? Late night puppet talk show with, with special, special guest. guest. That's that's what it's called. That's what it's called. Yes. And yeah, we do an hour. It's an hour long show every Saturday mm-hmm. and it's always different. Yep. And it's um, live just so people also understand that as we're seeing it yes. performed for the very first time right in, right in front yes. of us. Yeah. Right. Yes. So maybe I'll change the name to... Uh, puppet talk show because maybe that's not taken but i'll keep you posted yeah right now it's just man jerk which is hoof hoof doofa super fun it's very fun <laughs> well i love i love that idea of too like you start a thing you don't really know what it evolves into and then you like think about like oh well now this is a thing maybe it should evolve to something else mm-hmm. right right like we're totally <laughs> being reactive <laughs> yeah yeah uh can you Talk to us a little bit about what kinds of puppets you're using in the the puppet talk show. And then, um, yeah, let's just start there. Let's start there. So we started out by um, just kind of looking and seeing what puppets we even had, which has proven to be a lot. And some some of which we have made, but a lot of which other people made. And I don't quite know how, how we came to have all of them in our <laughs> in our house, but... um. Yeah, do you want to talk about like the two, our two? Sure. I mean, like one is a puppet from uh, puppeteer Liz Hara Mm -hmm. uh, and writer. uh, Amazing, amazing, amazing person and performer and writer and all around good, good person. Yeah. Uh, She left this puppet in my capable hands. It's just a hand and rod puppet. And then there's, 
you know, there's sock puppets. Mm -hmm. There's puppets that, uh, that we've had laying around that are like Bill that are for shows or like puppets as gifts. Like I've got some weird porcelain. They're not even puppets. They're just found objects. And then they're, mm -hmm. they're like taking on personas. Like I think mm -hmm. I have a Worf Star Trek Next Generation mm -hmm. uh, figurine. <laughs> but there's a marionette that you have. Yeah, there's yeah. A like there's literally like, we're really operating under the guise of anything can be a puppet mm -hmm. for sure. Uh, and really taking it as far as we can. And, and we did make some puppets, I think maybe two of them specifically for this show, like if we had like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if like we had a character like this who could like walk into this scene and then, mm -hmm. you know, you spend <laughs> like a day and a half building a puppet and then you use it and you're like, oh, <laughs> that was a minute. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now mm -hmm. it's gone. Uh, um, so, yeah. Yeah, it's all forms. Any Anything that we can get our hands on, for sure. No holds barred. No holds no. barred. No holds barred. We even no. had, like, uh, a, attempting to do, like, a two-person, oh. sort of three-person puppet. Yeah. <laughs> a couple of times, which has been very interesting. Really, all of the puppets in our house are either meant for one person or at least three people. So finding, <laughs> picking up these puppets and realizing that there's only two of us you know, it's a challenge and it doesn't always work. Sometimes it does, but it's sure is fun to try. <laughs> Puppetry is hard because sometimes you don't have the right amount of puppeteers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, uh, it's amazing because it speaks, I think, again, to y'all's willingness as puppeteers to like try something that is a, a, an instinct or a, an intuition or an idea and you follow it and if it works, it works. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. And that's also okay. And you trust it one way or the other. And that, that certainly is coming through with this show. Um, I want to ask a little bit more about the interns specifically about the show. Uh, but when we come back after another short break, uh, we'll hear more with Dorothy James and Andy Manjuk. This episode of The Puppet Pod is brought to you by Buttermeat Co., a company and shop started by dairy farmers who realize the importance of delicious beef that happens to be environmentally friendly. Buttermeat Co. produces local organic beef from cows who have lived their lives to the absolute fullest. Buttermeat cows produce over 80,000 pounds of milk, cheese, butter, and beef. That's a lot of dairy. And beef. That's a lot more than the mere 600 pounds of meat from a regular beef cow. And through their thoughtful and unique supply chain, Butter Meat Co. provides an elevated culinary experience. That's right, it's so elevated that you say culinary instead of culinary. And it's like and nothing you've ever tasted before. Owner Jill Gould is an exceptional human being because she's looking to bring exceptional products to our exceptional community. But not just our community in Western New York, no. Jill can ship anywhere in the Northeast. And if you're not a meat eater, Jill carries lots of other products like local cheeses, eggs, coffee, amazing spices, milks, and fresh soaps and oils. She does almost everything that you could think of in your amazing kitchen that you would want. So if you want more information, please go visit buttermeatco.com or check her out on social media at buttermeatco. The Puppet Pod. And we're back with more Dorothy James and Andy Manjuk. I am curious about, in your show, the Late Night Puppet Talk Show, there's a thing called The Interns. And I'm curious if you could first talk about that idea, because I think there's something about breaking the fourth wall there a little bit. And when you were mentioning earlier this idea of like really good puppetry, you don't see the effort that goes into it because uh, as puppeteers, we try to be as neutral or as invisible as possible. But yet mm. when we're working with cameras and you know, the limited technology that we have, we can't but embrace that we're going to see a puppeteer in the shot. And there's something about how you all have embraced that in this form that I think is really exciting. And I just wondered if you guys could talk a little bit about either how conscious or unconscious that was and then how the intern uh, idea kind of developed. It was another reaction. It, yeah. was, it was like, there's the camera right now that we're using is just a webcam, you know, like a Logitech webcam. So if we need it 
to be somewhere else for we another shot. Gotta we have move to move it. it. Yeah. And there was just always this agreement that, you know, like I'm going to have, like one of us is going to have to walk back over and move the camera mm -hmm. and we might have a puppet on our arm. We got to like throwing the puppets because it's just like, get them out of here mm -hmm. kind of thing. But the, the idea, I think someone in the chat had called us interns first before it ever came to our, and then we just embraced it. You know, it's yeah. just like, of course we are. Mm -hmm. Like we are the unpaid help, yep. you know, that's trying to facilitate this. So then we became more active participants and then, every, yeah, it's just a conversation between us and the people that keep coming back, which is just like, they're helping us build this, this world for these puppets to inhabit, right? Like we didn't come with an idea of being like, we're going to tell the story of X, Y, and Z. And it's going to be thematically about this. And mm -hmm. it's going to be showcasing this kind of puppetry. It's like, no, we just wanted like a format for expression. And we were totally open to the idea of anybody giving like input and then using their input selectively to help guide like an experience. So mm -hmm. like us allowing the interns to be there was like partially because what are we going to do? Yeah, you're not not yeah. going to see us. Right. And so like there's admitting that which i think is like a good i mean i think it's a good puppetry thing maybe it's not appropriate all the time but like you know sometimes if you try to hide things they become more mm -hmm. visible yeah and so i think being aware of like like because we've acknowledged like hey here's our like our big dumb human arms sticking out of the corner of the frame, people forget about them when we're not calling attention to them. Cause it's again, like that sort of contract of like, Oh, like they're not talking to the, the intern. So we're not looking at them right now. And we also promise that we are going to acknowledge them. Yeah. Right. So yeah. like the interns are going to be talked about, like they are going to be forced yeah. to like, we're not trying have to have a drink. You. Yeah. We're not trying to trick you. Yeah. Right, exactly. Well, yeah, we're not, we're not like, we're not putting one over on you. We're not being sneaky about it. We're being present and available. I didn't even think about it while we were doing it. Mm -mm. It was just nice to give us a name that wasn't yeah. our actual names. And the interns felt, <laughs> felt very appropriate. Appropriate, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it, 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 wasn't, it wasn't something so intently considered or considered with intent. Yeah. It was sort of like, of the discovery again. Accident. Yeah. 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 Right. That discovery thing. It's another discovery. You were, you were talking about. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's so delightful to watch it. And I really hope we can uh, guide some folks to checking it out uh, one of the Saturdays that you are doing it. Because, yes, there's like this feeling of chaos, I think, a little bit as it's going on. But also, mm -hmm. there's clearly craft and artisanship in the puppets but also the crafting of the puppets and also like the the banter that you're you're coming up with which is just so <laughs> fun and i love that you're finding ways to incorporate and engage audiences in a different way you know which you know we're talking with jeanette Yu, and she also mm -hmm. kind of acknowledged like there's this really great opportunity to engage audiences with this new digital format as opposed to you know theater we're in there up on stage audiences there in the seats and you are to be quiet and you are to sit there and you are going to watch us work and that's how it's going to work right there's right. something new in this this format and this opportunity that's exciting yeah it's almost like the reason why riff tracks things like that were so successful right it's just like when you're sitting around like on the couch with your friends when you used to do that and like have a good time like <laughs> watching a movie you're pro like, and it's a funny, it's like a, a, a like a, an, a movie that's an experience with everybody. It's not one that you just sit and watch. Like you're not being told, like you want to explore, like mm -hmm. explore with each other, like how funny you can be or how, how witty you are, or like uh, making space for the others to like make goofy comments. And you're watching like a bad movie together. Mm -hmm. You're watching a bad and yet sometimes good puppetry <laughs> together with people that are going to hear you and like incorporate what you say into their show. Yeah. It's like a nice feedback loop, I imagine, for people watching. I've never seen it. Yeah, I've never watched it. Yeah. <laughs> I have. I, I, I embrace it. I'm going <laughs> to plug it. Please check out the Late Night Puppet Talk show uh, on Twitch TV. Before we start to wrap up, I wanted to ask each of you, and we'll start with Dorothy, what was what got you into puppetry? Like what was your, um, either your first show or was there something that inspired you growing up? Like how did you come into the, the art form? 
It was an accident. I went to Pace University. Shout hey. out to Pace. I taught there once a no, long time ago. It's fine. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. It was all right. Yeah. Met some great students yeah. there though. Oh yes, great, great people. But I I had like kind of really gotten into the experimental theater genre and I started we our college at the time was starting to have a relationship with La Mama. And so I, what was great about Pace is that they encouraged all of their performing arts students to be actively auditioning in the real world the whole time that they were at school. So, and like you could take leaves if you, if you got work and could come back. But, um, but so I, I was doing a show at La Mama at the time and it was, I think it was billed as a movement opera and it was called I Fioretti in Musica. That's what it was called. And it was with a company called Pioneers Go East. And it was mostly just all movement based on the life of St. Francis of Assisi. But then there was one scene where we had some found object puppetry in it. And no one in the cast had ever done any sort of puppetry before. And they brought in Kathy Shaw, who is a wonderful puppeteer. And I was so lucky to have this first experience with her. But um, And she basically came in and gave us all like a crash course and just like, all right, so like there's breath, there's focus, there's movement. And and I I just I had been a fan of puppetry. Like I I grew up with the Muppets and like loved them, but I didn't realize what went into it. And there was something so exciting to me about how mechanical but emotional that style of storytelling was, that style of physical storytelling was. And no one was looking at me when I did it, which was my favorite part. And so I I just kind of after that I I started just looking for puppetry auditions which there's not a lot. Uh <laughs> and I did get a job at a haunted house doing a giant wolf puppet and that was like super fun and from there I got to meet some other puppeteers and make some connections and yeah. That's so that's my origin story. <laughs> Superhero. It's my spider bite. There spider it is. Bite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh Andy, did you um get caught in some sort of like cosmic wave explosion that transformed your life from one thing to another? Sure. Isn't that like life? Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, uh, my, uh, mine was like twofold. Uh, I was in an, a similarly experimental theater program in the college that I went to that was like entirely student driven. Like all the productions were completely like we had a theater board that was totally made up of students with a couple advisors that were professors. Shout out to Hampshire College. Shout the out to Hampshire College. Uh, not young. one of Andy's siblings, but shout out. Not one of uh, mm. my siblings. Uh, I'll just sneak one in there. Hey, Chris, how's it going? What up, Chris? What up, Chris? Hey, Chris. Uh, so I was there and my thesis or, or Div 3 was a, a, a show that I wrote and like was helping to produce and like doing all and, and acting in as the, it was like a fake one man show. Like the whole premise was a, it was a fake one man show that had like 10 people in it, but it was like one man <laughs> performing and then everyone else was the machine, right? Which actually lends itself to puppetry really well, but there, they weren't puppets, they were just people. But I was like having a problem focusing on the acting because I was like wearing so many hats. So I decided sort of like midway through the process to throw a complete wrench in the gears by adding puppets that I was doing at the same time. So I was like there and I was also with like two sort of sock puppets on either hand, trying to like make it not look bad, right? So like adding that sort of element. So you gave yourself another hat? Yeah, I gave myself another hat in order to like, because I was really worried that I would do a really bad job at it. So I was like, well, I'm going to have to focus on this puppetry, which is then going to like lead into the acting because I'm kind of not paying attention to it. So I, I did that as a way to stress myself out, I guess, but uh, also to, to do something I hadn't done before. And you know, whether or not that show was any good, who knows, it was very like meta college performance. But then I got out of college and I wasn't thinking anything about it. I was like, okay, we're gonna act. Like I went out for like film roles and all sorts of stuff. And nobody was hiring because it was like 2009. It was like housing crisis time. And I was like fresh faced and in Brooklyn being like, I'm going to get jobs. And it was really hard. And I was only trying to go out for things that I had like some experience in. And so then this puppetry job showed up and I was like, 
I faked it once. So I went <laughs> um, and I got hired and it was for this Norwegian uh, and Brooklyn based puppetry company called Waka Waka, which I've been with now for over 10 years. And I, I, I by their own admission, it was 100% my willingness to play that got me that job. It had, nothing, it had very little to do with like my object understanding. It was just willingness to like play. And then from that, they gave me a puppet, like a hand and rod puppet uh, with a soft palate mouth. And they like thrust it at me and they were like, okay, go figure it out. Uh, and they gave it to me for like a week and a <laughs> half. And then I came back and they were like, okay, make it swim. Okay, make it fly. And they were Lecoq trained. So they're very, um, very no oriented. Like no again, like no do it again until you get it okay. And so I, I guess I responded pretty well to that. So I just like really glommed on to the idea that like puppets, like object representation is like abstracting like taboos and like, and those sorts of things. Like it, w once it clicked philosophically for me, I was just like, okay, puppets all the way. Mm -hmm. Like it was hard to then disengage from that. You know, yeah. but yeah, it was sort of accidental, sort of just like faking it. And then like, you know, drinking all the Kool-Aid, I guess. <laughs> um, every last drop. Every last drop. All uh, the Kool-Aid. But yeah, very fortunate to find like weird experimental, social, political driven puppet company right out of the gate. That is like, you know, coming partially from a socialist, like, socially democratic country like with funding for the arts like what a yeah. what a slam dunk <laughs> yeah what a <laughs> lottery you won the puppet lottery what there. a slam dunk oh, could you imagine <laughs> um, i uh, i'm we we talked about this a little bit earlier but I, i'm curious when and i know this is different for everybody and the context always makes this response different too but when people ask you what you do is there a way that you describe it or do you have go-to's because i know for a lot of people that work in puppetry saying that you are a puppeteer doesn't quite always cover it though it is one part of what we do and i know you two are both manipulators of puppets and, and objects but um when you have to have that conversation do you have any go-tos or, or ways that you like to try to describe it? Uh, I feel like what's coming to mind was <laughs> when I went through, like, when I applied for unemployment the first time and you had to call and, and they said, well, what was your job? And I said, I'm a puppeteer. And they were like, <laughs> what? Like, is this the it? vaudeville era yeah. what but, like not even like zero just like i don't i really don't know what that is and so you know i think the easiest way to launch into it is from the performance aspect because that is something that people can like you know i'm i'm a performer like i i do plays i um but they're with puppets instead of people and so you have to like move them around so that they look like they're alive. But I also make the puppets. Um, I also work with a team of other people who perform with and make puppets to mm -hmm. write a story together. Like I think kind of putting it into other more familiar performance art terminology is helpful. I'm a pilot. <laughs> I'm a pilot. <laughs> um. <laughs> I, yeah, do I, I, I think I just tell people I'm a puppeteer yeah. uh, and then I let them choose to decide that that's <laughs> weird or not, you know? Mm -hmm. Cause like, I feel like people that are interested or like are playing, like they're like, I'm cool. I know what that is. Or like, are like excited. Like they're going to engage you in like a couple of different ways. And right. then it's just like right. the following the dichotomous key of the conversation. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, you're yeah, like, yeah. oh, well, okay, we're going to talk about, you know, what you know about puppetry. And it's like, that's cool. Do you do that to a doctor? Anytime you talk to a doctor, you're like, well, right, right, right. I've been to a hospital. <laughs> like, no, but I don't, I don't mind. Sometimes I'll just, it, it, it's a little bit of a read the room. Like, yes, definitely. I'm like, okay, like I am a voice actor or within certain communities or like I am, um, I'm an artist, like mm -hmm. period, yeah. right? You want to know what medium I work in? It's the medium of puppetry. Cool. Or multidisciplinary or something. If you want to like grantify your yeah. words. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. But like, it's, yeah, it's all about recognizing your audience. I mean, and I do, I do enjoy 
saying the word puppeteer oh, yeah. first because then there there is nine times out of ten just like that blink reaction and and the amount of times that you that people are like i've never met one before mm. is i mean it's it's always like fun i think personally so yeah not afraid to say i'm a puppeteer love it well before we wrap up we do this uh, kind of series of rapid fire questions at the very end we call the puppet hot pot the puppet hot pot oh no hot pot oh i love hot pot yeah right so uh can i can i put you in the puppet hot pot Ah. oh that's different than eating hot pot yeah okay yeah yeah well well we can spice it up yeah (laughs) spice it up yeah i was gonna say we could eat each other but that didn't sound very good i mean i mean (laughs) (laughs) all right here we go um dorothy favorite place in the world that puppetry has taken you oh that was me i love detroit i know it's this country but i really liked it (laughs) yeah i like detroit myself shout out to detroit andy uh what's a quarantine hobby you have developed Standing with uh, no shoes on or socks on in in our backyard, just standing on dirt and looking at the birds. <laughs> I like that. Earthbound. 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 I like that. Shout out to um, Earthbound. Dor- Dorothy, uh, what is a fun fact about Andy Manjuk? Ooh, fun fact about Andy Manjuk. Hmm. <laughs> um. 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 He aggressive simply tears apart any art form. If you if you want to get into a good conversation, even if he loves it, he can tear it apart and break it down in such a brutal way. It is like very exciting. I'm saying that's a positive that. thing, by the way. Like Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, that's a fun thing. Yeah. It's a fun it's super thing. Fun. That's one of my better qualities. <laughs> <laughs> um Andy, what is um, a fun fact about Dorothy. Well, a lot of people know this, but you're like top tier baker. Uh, like, and and it's not just like she she won't necessarily just bake things, like just cause. But when she's like, oh, it's this event, so like I need to bake stuff, or like, oh, I'm baking cookies for these people. It's like on a different level of baking. Like you know, like someone's gonna like just sit around and be like, I'm gonna make a cherry pie today, and you're like, oh wow, that's cool. I would like some. Dorothy's like. I'm gonna make like raspberry lime birthday cake covered with like, I'm gonna do all this like experimental stuff with fondant and like hide it and make it like a special like Jurassic Park paleontologist cake for you. It's just like crazy. So fun fact, good builder, expert baker. Thanks. Nice. (laughs) Dorothy, uh, any good quarantine like baking recipes that you've discovered or are Yes, I just, well, this is actually, this is cooking because I've been doing more cooking because I'm not Um, but, <laughs> wait, so then, wait, I want to do a baking one then. Oh, oh, I did lemon blueberry scones and I mostly use Ina Garden's recipe because she's the best. Nice. Yeah. That sounds tasty. Yeah, they were so good. Um, they were very good. As, as an what is taster? Love Experimental it. taster. I love that. Past the mustard. Yeah, it's good. Right? Wonderful. What is a form of puppetry that you are most interested in right now? Yeah, who's that for? Either or. How about both? I'm interested right now in tiny things. Mm-hmm. Like tiny little puppets. And I guess I guess rod. They'd be rod puppets, but I, I don't know. I'm just interested in the tiny movements. Uh, I guess my answer is a little bit more of like a reflection on how excited I was when like 
I first experienced tabletop puppetry that wasn't locked into like hierarchy, but like anything that feels like it's pushing towards a new form, like an unexplored territory is like the most exciting thing ever. But I don't, I'm not seeing like a ton of that right now because obviously nobody's like going to the theaters right now, but I like these little plastic feet. They're fun to play with. <laughs> I, I also like those little plastic feet. Shout out to Doug Fitch for gifting us hey, Doug little Fitch. plastic feet. Hi, Doug Thanks, Fitch. Also, uh, hey, uh, Matt and Sarah. Just wanted to clear that up now. Just Got all the sibs. Got them in there. Shout out to Andy Boom. Sibs. Um, <laughs> finally, Dorothy, could you describe uh, working with Andy in one word? Fun. And Andy, could you do the same for Dorothy? Exceptional. Well, very nice. I like Dorothy's uh, face in the in-between while Andy delayed his response, and then the reaction to the Um, These are two exceptional human beings, Andy Manjuk and Dorothy James. Thank you both so much for uh, giving us your time today and chatting all things purpets. Yeah, it's nice to talk. This has been nice, nice, Andy. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Dorothy. Yeah. (laughs) I'm glad we could bring you two together to finally have a conversation. Uh, Finally opening that. (laughs) (laughs) The Puppet Pod, hosted by Josh Rice and me, Sarah Stabley. Produced and engineered by also me, Sarah Stabley. Additional editing by Josh Marks. Theme song and incidental music by Seth Borgolzia. Additional music by Hazar and Scott Holmes. Executive produced by Dixon Place and the New York State Puppet Festival, a program of Shake on the Lake and Josh Rice Projects. Support is provided by Dixon Place, the Jim Henson Foundation, the National Endowment for the Arts, and the Arts Council for Wyoming County Community Arts Grant. This decentralization program is made possible in part with funds from the New York State Council on the Arts with the support of Governor Andrew Cuomo and the New York State Legislature, administered in Wyoming County by the Arts Council for Wyoming County. To make donations, please visit shakeonthelake.org or dixonplace.org. For more information about the artists featured on our podcast, please visit www.thepuppetpod.com.